One time I was drunk on a morning show in Montana. The host asked me if I had a nickname. Said my friends call me the Dirtbag King. She said on the air I started giggling. Hasn't had me back, but now I've got this podcast. Welcome to my podcast. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. My name's Charles Ellsworth, and you're listening to A Dirtbag's Guide to Life on the Road. If you're not familiar with me, that's all right. You're definitely not the only one. I'm a songwriter first, musician second, somewhere down the line filmmaker. Pretty much I just like to tell stories. Some people have called me a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, and I'm definitely semi-professional at everything I do. Nothing single-handedly makes me a living, but it all adds up to getting by. Hey, Dirtbags, thanks so much for tuning in to A Dirtbag's Guide to Life on the Road. This is your host, Charles Ellsworth, or you can call me Chuck, my friends do. And if you're listening to this, you're probably a friend of mine. Um, If we haven't met and we're those types of friends, then what's up? How you doing? Send me an Instagram message so I know you're listening, because sometimes I don't even know if anybody listens to this thing. Uh, That being said, if you are listening... You should be excited because you get to hear me have this conversation with my buddy, David Quinn. David hails from the Midwest. He released his first record in 2019 called Wandering Fool. And the first time I listened to it, I was really impressed with the simple or his ability to write a simple classic country song with a great original hook. It's it's really easy to just kind of regurgitate that classic country sound like whole, you know, bait line and sinker I guess I don't know the whole ordeal just the whole enchilada just kind of like redoing it and he kind of throws his own spin on it in a way that I think is really unique and I really appreciated it the first time I heard it and then this past year he released his second LP Letting Go and I was just blown away it's a little bit more of an outlaw country feel we talk about it on the podcast he went to Nashville put together a great team of musicians and just they just slayed it on this record. It sounds amazing. You should give it a listen. Um, Letting Go by David Quinn. You can find it anywhere music is streamed or sold. Maybe not anywhere music is sold, but streamed on the internet. You can find it. Trust me. Look up David Quinn. You're not going to regret it. We met through a mutual friend, Blake, from Holler Hat Company. That's H-O-L-L-E-R. You should check them out on Instagram. They make some great hats and Blake's a good solid dude so thanks for putting us in touch Blake and introducing me to David's music a little over a year ago maybe 18 months ago and I was very impressed with it I hit him up on Instagram and we've just kind of been friends ever since and finally got to sit down and have this conversation it's one of my favorite conversations I've had on this podcast so far and I think you'll all really enjoy it unfortunately because I seem to be haunted by technical difficulties the first 15 20 minutes of our conversation just didn't record there was no audio when i went back to listen back to it i don't really get it but we jump right in where he's talking about writing his first song so i think it's a great place to start um me as a songwriter and thinking songwriting is or it's all i think about is writing songs essentially it it's a great place to start Before we get into it, I just want to talk to you real quick about this week's sponsor. And the sponsor happens to be Honeysuckle Summer, the new record from myself, out on Burrow Baracha Records, March 5th, 2021. Uh, 
I don't know what to say about Honeysuckle Summer other than it came out of a really difficult time in my life where I was going through a lot and trying to figure out what sort of changes I wanted to make for the long haul. I don't think I ever really planned on living into my 30s this far. And so once I kind of got past age 30, 31, things just kind of started to not work the way they had before because I just never really gave a fuck. And then you start realizing like, oh, maybe I'm going to be here for a while. And that mixed with a whole lot of unresolved trauma and just a whole lot of things I needed to kind of get a grip on, my mental health being the main one, led to some really interesting times, and that's where this record came from. I couldn't be more proud of it, and I can honestly say that going into this studio, I knew they were the best songs I'd ever written. And then we got into the studio... And I don't think a single performance on that record is anything less than the best those musicians could do. I'm super blessed and grateful for the everyone who played on the record and who helped make it happen. And I'd really love for you all to hear it. If you haven't heard any of the four singles I've released from the record so far, you should check them out. They're called Blessed, Max and Geraldine, Laundromat, and just coming out this past Friday was Miami, Arizona. And the response to it has been fantastic. Thanks so much, everyone who's listened so far and saved the song to their profile, added songs to their playlists, um, shared it with their friends. All those little things make a huge difference to me. So if you don't mind, at some point right now, just pull out your Spotify app or your Apple Music app, find Miami, Arizona, or any of my new singles, save it to your library, add it to a playlist. If you're a vinyl collector, have I got some news for you. We've got these limited edition clear blue vinyl of Honeysuckle Summer that are available in my band camp right now and there's only 200 of them and they're going I wouldn't say they're going fast or not as fast as I would like them to be going but they're going to be gone I promise you we'll sell all 200 of them so if you want one of those be sure and get it now uh, charlesellsworth.bandcamp.com thanks so much for all the support you know how much it means to me and you know You've, you've all, if you know me or you've been listening to my podcast or my music or interacting with me at all, you know by now how many times I say thank you so much. I very much appreciate that. It's almost uncomfortable. So thank you for the support. I love you all so very much. If you haven't liked and rated the podcast in the iTunes app or the podcast app, iTunes store podcast app, please go and do that. Give us a rating, leave us a little review, and share it with your friends. Yeah, if you've got a favorite episode, find it, send a link to one of your friends, two of your friends, ten of your friends. It all makes a huge difference, and it's all really appreciated. I'd really love for this uh, audience to grow, and for our Dirtbag Tribe, or Dirtbag Tribe, I don't know if I like that, for our uh, rowdy band of unruly outlaw dirtbags to rule the fucking internet someday. We're going to fucking rule it! No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah. I don't know. Share it with your friends. Thanks for listening. Uh, This is my buddy, David Quinn. Enjoy his music. And please go get yourself a copy of Honeysuckle Summer on vinyl. CharlesEllsworth.bandcamp.com A little folk song. I actually found it recently, which was really interesting. And, um, I had a harmonica I used to play because, again, I love Neil Young. So, like, I shittily play the harmonica over it. And, uh, and yeah, now that was the first song I ever wrote. It's funny. It, sorry, what was the name of it? Um, it was called Run Run. 
Run, run. And how, yeah. how old were you when you wrote that song? Oh, man, let's see. Um, I was probably like 14 or 15. I, I think it was, yeah, it was probably about 15. It was probably freshman year or sophomore year at the latest. Um, and again, I mean, I had written, a, I had written a lot before that, you know, in notebooks and stuff, but that was the first time I ever like put a song together, wrote the chords. It's just E, A, B, seven, you know, it's just like <laughs> super easy. Those are still pretty much my songs now, but <laughs> you know, back then that was, uh, yeah, that was, that was the first song I actually put together. I wrote a chorus, you know what I mean? It was just, uh, Okay. put something together but my brother wrote wrote some songs too i mean way different more like rock and roll type songs um so you know i kind of watched you know i got to see some of that process i mean not up front you know he would write on his own but you know i would be seeing him play i'd go to their shows all the time so you know i was kind of in my head watching how stuff gets formulated and then also one of the kind of obsessive person so when it comes to music i you know I, I could sit in my room all night and just, just listen to music. So, you know, I just kind of totally. took as many notes as I could, and that's kind of where Run Run came from. So, Oh, that's, that's really cool that you were, uh, you were writing songs as early as that, and, and that was before you – that was like when you first started picking up the guitar, you said? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I for like – that was right when I started picking up. Yeah, I mean, my dad plays – very you know, a little bit too he just drums some some chords or whatever my brother was his a really good guitar player but um you know so from both of them we always had like tons of guitars in the house so i li- you know i really only knew a couple chords um i always say this though right so i think it helped me write a song that's only chords which again i'm not putting down cuz almost all my songs are like four chords now <laughs> and as john yeah. Prine would say I just use a capo and it tricks people into thinking that I know more than four chords, but, uh, oh. you know, it, it's, yeah, we just, uh, just around it, you know, there was guitars. Around, so I, I did that for probably, you know, like five years. I didn't really get much better for, you know, once I learned those basic, like G, C, D, E, A, B, seven, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's, it's still all I do, but you know, for like five years, I didn't really get much better because I would just play for fun. But I was mostly focused on drum playing drums, you know, and I would write a lot in my notebook. I didn't have much interest in getting better. So, um, you know, it wasn't until I was out in California when I was like, okay, I want to start getting better so I can actually like play my songs. So it was kind of an interesting thing because I feel like most people pick up guitar and you get better, you know, in those couple of years since I'm like never learned anything really i just kind of like dabbled for years it was just kind of weird because i stayed the same for so long because i didn't really care that much then Mm -hmm. it was just kind of an interesting progression i feel like it was a little different than most people i mean it's hard for me to even consider myself a guitar player to be totally honest i feel totally comfortable on a drum set but uh, again i mean i can get by on a guitar but i really i truly don't know some of the most basic stuff i like to finger pick and I like to strum open chords. I mean, I again, it's I, I like to leave that stuff up to the the wizards, people like you, and you know, people like guys in my band that that know what they're doing. So well, I'm, I'm happy with that. What's funny, I, I appreciate that. But what's funny about that is you and I have a very similar guitar playing trajectory. I think. I mean, like I, I didn't play drums for. I played drums as like a kid first, but then it was too oh, okay. loud. My parents, but my parents were like, we should. I and I saw like 
the Led Zeppelin song remains the same uh, and oh saw Jimmy gosh. Page playing guitar and was like, it was almost like you hearing John Prine as a kid and being like, oh, I can do that. It was me being like, and not that I could play like Jimmy Page, but I was like, I just want to do that. That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so like started taking guitar lessons within like a week of that. Um, I feel, or maybe not a week, within a month. But uh, no, um, that's awesome. And then it was like, because I was just busy playing, you know, snowboarding and playing sports in high school and college and not to where, like, I just feel like I got decent at playing guitar in high school, and then I played bass in a band for years and got bad at playing guitar. And it wasn't until, like, <laughs> honestly, like, I used to say the same thing. I'm like, I'm a songwriter. I'm not even a musician. And then, in like, three years yeah. ago, like, I played all the lead guitar on my record, Cesarea, and was like... Oh shit! I guess I'm like, you know what I mean? It was like a challenge for me. Like I want to do this thing, and I did it. <laughs> yeah, it fucking dope. And then, pretty much, I did all of it on my new record. Just be and everything since, because I'm just like, oh, now I can, now I can do this. But I never thought of myself as that. So yeah, yeah like it's funny. I don't know, you just similar. keep putting in the time, and one day it just like eventually you're just like, oh wow, I'm like, I can play solos. Like weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I've been so since I've had some time out here so like when i got out uh, out here in indiana um you know when this stuff started i don't know april or may or something um i really took some time to like try to understand guitar a little bit more because i just always neglected it again i'm like i can always get by just playing my songs and i you know i always Mm -hmm. have a good guitar i've been lucky enough to have a good guitar player with me all the time my guitar player in my band is great um what's his name so uh, in my actual live band, his name is Andy Andrew Crawl. He's great. Mm-hmm. We call him Red. Um, he's a, one of the best guitar players I've, I've really ever met. I'm so you know lucky to have him in my band, and That's he's great. I had a, a guitar player when I first started the band, um, who started while you know I was playing a bunch and made my first record and playing out. So this guy, this new guy Andy, he joined maybe about a year ago or so. Um, and he's a much, much better fit and just, just, he's a great player. And then, you know, I have some, some buddies out in Nashville who play on my records who are also great. So I've always been able to kind of sneak by, but anyway, so since I've been out here, I've been trying to understand it a little bit more and it's been kind of fun. I mean, for the first time ever, I can, like you said, you know, you played like the solos and you're kind of like, Oh shit, I did that. I'm not at that point yet, but, um, I, I can pick some notes for the first time. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I love blue, I love bluegrass. So just been oh, learning cool. how to, you know, kind of walk around different chords, which is something I barely ever did. So, I mean, little stuff like that has been, um, I do feel like I've gotten better in the last couple of months, which has been kind of fun process for me. It's such a cool thing. And, and why I love music or like, obviously one of the millions of little intricate <laughs> reasons why you love music, but it's just like, you're just always going to be getting better at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, yeah. like you're never going to be as good as you want to be. So like, that's a really good mindfulness approach. You know, if you're just mm-hmm. like, you're like, you know what I mean? I can never top out of this. So this is just a daily practice. It's like yoga. Right. It's like, you know what I mean? You you just like keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. That's cool. And, man. So, and you played, you played bass too then. Yeah, I mean, I was just, like, in high school, I say, I was, like, the singer-screamer in, like, a screamo band, you know, in the mm-hmm. MySpace days, and then, like, <laughs> sure. towards the end of high school, got more into, like, the Shins and Elliott Smith and things like that, 
and and a band that I was friends with needed a bass player, and I was just like, I'm gonna play bass, you know, like I, yeah. I just kind of knew it because I just been around it, and me and my buddies had been playing music together for for so long, but like none of us, it was just always just like a none of us ever really took it seriously until we started. I started setting up shows in the halls of my high school. Oh, that's because cool. there's like there's like nowhere to play shows, so we'd get bands, and I probably said this on a podcast before but we get bands in town from like phoenix or california on tour mm-hmm. and uh then my band would open for them and so so when that the screamo band broke up i joined this other like indie pop band called alaska and me and we uh i played bass in that band until we broke up you know however many years later yeah oh that's cool that piece is something i can never uh it goes to show where I truly don't feel like guitar player because like most people can figure it out. I I don't I never pick up a bass. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So <laughs> good for you. I, so do you play do you gu- play? Sorry, oh, sorry. No, you go ahead. I was gonna say I play guitar a lot like a bass player. It's it's kind of funny. Like a lot of guitar lines I play, it, it ends up being like either like part of what I'm playing <laughs> right. mimics what the bass is playing, or they mimic what I'm doing, and then I gotta like change it. I don't know. It's it's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, I get that. It's funny. I, I think this. I, I was going to mention this before. I don't. I don't think I did. But I think I got by on knowing only a couple chords, or I still do. I said, yeah, I should say I still do because I was a drummer, so I have like a, a sense of time and rhythm. Mm-hmm. If you can play, a, most people when you learn your first couple of chords, you you can play the chords, but you can't just like play it in a four four time or whatever that. Mm-hmm. So just understanding time signature, I think, helped me so much. So, yeah, my song was only totally. a couple of chords, or my songs still are only a couple of chords, but at least there's a lot of, you know, there's a certain rhythm to it. And I, I do like to do a lot of, like, little stops and stuff I put on my records. Like, those are all uh-huh. pre-thought out, because that's something I'm thinking of as a drummer. I'm like, oh, this would be cool. So I think that's kind of, like, snuck me by um, – that maybe totally. if I didn't have that, you know, I would have been a little bit more noticeable or, or, or still would be, so. Well, that's something that, like, really impressed me with your music when I first heard it, and, and I kind of went back through it the past few days to kind of get a little bit more familiar with it. And mm-hmm. um, and just so I'm correct, you, you have the two full lengths out now. It's, uh, what was the first one called? I've got it written down here. Um, Wandering Fool was the first oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, Wandering yep. Fool, and then Letting Go is the one you released just this past year. Yeah, yep, yep. And it's like, and so that's the first stuff as like a singer-songwriter or, you know, country, whatever you want to call it, that's the first stuff you put out of your songs? Yeah, I've I've made, I've recorded quite a few other songs. Um, I have a bunch of other stuff I've done. Um, I've made some songs with my brother, like, uh, again, all my type of songs, same stuff. It's kind of just country, rock and roll country stuff. Um, but I never released any of it. I put out a, a couple tunes um, a couple years ago, but then I took them down. I, end, I ended up redoing a couple of them. Um, mm-hmm. One of them is On Letting Go, that Ride On song is uh, was an older one, but I redid it, I, uh, oh, cool. which one I, I like a lot better this way. And I'm going to redo another one on this. I'm going to go make another record in February. Um, oh, dope. So, yeah. So, yeah, those are the first two, only two things I've ever actually, like, put out. Um, but mm-hmm. I have a ton of other recordings. I've gone in and out of the studios and more just, like, around here, friends who have studios and stuff like that and recorded songs, but just never ended up putting any of it out. 
Okay. Well, because something that I love about both your records, and I think part of it, what speaks to you, it speaks to you being a drummer first and mm-hmm. foremost is like they feel like they just like groove very naturally. And yeah. um, it's something that like I had to learn. Like I feel like it wasn't until even my Cesarea album, I didn't like, like I can't, I still can't play to a fucking click to save my life, but I can <laughs> like, like as I'm writing, instead of like one of the things I keep in mind as I'm writing a song is how it feels like whether it would someone want to tap their foot to this, that sort of thing, because like, yeah. that was just so far from my comprehension for like my first album and two EPs that, you know what I mean? Like for the first <laughs> half decade of my, quote unquote career, whatever you want to call this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I hear yeah. you in like the your first full length record, it's just like it's there. Like it's just like, oh, it's this is a fucking groovy record. You know what oh, I mean? Oh like, man, I, yeah. Thank I really you dig so it. much, dude. I, I I really appreciate it. I yeah, I mean that's something that's super conscious for me is like I mean, obviously it's almost the first thing I think of. I mean besides like the meaning of songs that I've heard, you know, and lyrics and stuff that always comes first, but you know, musically, I again, I'm just not trying to be like the musician who like shits on himself, but I'm secretly really good. Like I really, you know, I I basically know six chords, so I I'm always thinking of rhythm, and I love the I love the feel. You know, I love pockets. Totally. It's so funny. I like my drummer. It's got to be so tough to be in a band because I, but he's so he's so sweet and gracious because he's a better drummer than me by far. But I still give him like so many notes. I'm like, oh dude, I like I I feel this groove. And then he always plays it way better than I would even imagine. So it, it works out perfect. But, um, mm-hmm. I mean, even in the studio, I, I usually pretty much know exactly how I want the drum groove to go and, you know, little hits. I did a lot more of the kind of syncopated stuff on the, the newer record. Um, uh-huh. That's kind of overall. I mean, that first record was coming off a crazy kind of a weird time in life, and I was traveling a bunch and – wrote all those just kind of on my own with an acoustic guitar. I hadn't played them with a band or anything. So that time was just kind of more dictated by the band there. I mean, I had a great group of guys, but um, it was, I didn't fully know how all those were going to sound. I knew what the groove would be obviously, but um, this last one, letting go, I mean, I had been working those songs, you know, on the road and out of shows over the past year. Like I knew exactly how I want everything to sound. It, it just was a lot more me. It had a lot more of my influence in it. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just really proud of it. Again, I still proud of both of them, but this, you know, this last one letting go just is, uh, it's definitely a lot closer to who, who I am musically and just kind of all that. Cool. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask the, um, wandering fool feels almost like, uh, like your take on like the sun records era of country music. Um, <laughs> yeah. Was that like deliberate? You were going for more like classic country, um, early yeah. outlaw, but not really outlaw. And because the new record is definitely much more of that outlaw. Yeah, band. yeah, and that's 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 definitely more kind of where I, where I'm at, where I've always been. But yeah, you know, it's interesting. I always wanted to make like a legit, you know, honky tonk record. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't think it was going to be the first record I put out, but it just yeah. kind of happened to work out that way. Um, and the songs I put on there, and then I had the perfect band for it. I mean, I had Dave Rowe on bass and Jimmy Lester's one of my favorite drummers. He was he was playing drums. It just like totally worked out. I had this honky tonk band, um, so it was just it was like okay, well, I guess this is gonna be my first record. And then that kind of 
pushed me into letting go because that was part of it is I, I got, I don't know, everyone, it kind of became like a, as people do, like, oh, you in the traditional country and stuff. And I mean, I am, I love it. It's oh. a lot of what I listen to, but that's not necessarily what I wanted to do um, all the time or musically or whatever. I hear you. So, yeah, and I, you know, letting go is definitely closer to where the majority of the music is going to be from now on. Like this next record I'm making is very similar. A lot of bluegrass influence, a lot of country influence, um, a lot of southern southern rock, kind of hillbilly rock yeah. stuff um, influence. So, yeah, it's it's been an interesting uh, kind of process because, yeah, to me those records are are kind of – they're pretty different in, in my opinion, but, um, you know, who knows? It's so funny to hear what people say or categorize or whatever they use for your music. Sometimes it's, you know, it's on, sometimes you, I feel like it's off. You just, you never know. Totally. Well, I can totally relate to what you're saying about like, you're like, you feel like you got pigeonholed and, and, and yeah. like, this isn't really the record. I, you know, like I love this record, but this is the sound that it is. And it's not, yeah, dude, I get that. Cause like, <laughs> I like, Partially, I mean, I left Salt Lake City for a, a myriad of reasons, none of them very good, but, uh, <laughs> um, like, one of them was, like, I was, like, the like a quote-unquote folk darling, and it's just, like, no, I just don't like other musicians, and I hate dealing with their bullshit, so I'm a solo artist. <laughs> right, like, right. It's, like, it's, like, I'm not, I don't, I guess it's folk music, because it's an acoustic guitar, but, like, this is like punk rock and it's, it's indie rock and it's like all these things and nobody even still, like I put out music, nobody knows what the fuck to call it. And I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just going to keep doing it. I'm just going to keep yeah. putting out shit because like I'm finally, I don't know. I just like, I like what I make, but yeah, trying to find what it is. Have fun. That's, that's for the fucking critics, I guess. You right. Know? Yeah. Good for you though for, you know, good for you for standing up on it. Cause it's, it is exhausting, and it's just like, it's a, yeah, it's exhausting sometimes, and, you know, I wish, I get it, it's natural for people to just put, like, labels on stuff, and, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. I don't want to sound whiny, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's fucking annoying, I guess, I'll so just say that, but whatever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, well, and I love it when someone is, and, like, I'm, dude, I'm, like, the, the cliche-sensitive artist at times, and I'm aware of it. <laughs> So like I right. love it when someone like tries to give you a compliment and it comes across as a total like fuck you or you know what I mean you take it as just like a I don't know my response is like eat shit motherfucker and like right. they're just trying to be nice and I and in my head I'm like you didn't even get like this thing that I it's like who dude, it's a fucking song who gives it I I know you're not like you're not feeding the poor like get over yourself but right. I feel that way all the time. I uh, dude, I'm so glad to hear it. What a it's a, it's a relief to hear it because I'm yeah I'm the same way. The backwards comments, you know, and all shit like that. It's like, but then you're right. In the end, we're sitting in our room writing songs. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> whatever. We're not. <laughs> it doesn't even matter, I guess. For sure. Well, I have to remind myself a lot that like, it's like, I haven't had a real job like ever you know I've, I've been like a freelance video editor and produced videos and you know what i mean i've like done oh, things cool. that are like yeah. real jobs but like i've never worked for like a corporation like i've never mm-hmm. had a, like a real i don't know and it's and partially it's because of like songs i wrote and not you know obviously the generosity of people on the road and people buying t-shirts and yeah. records and whatnot but 
I have to sometimes just like kind of remind myself, it's like, dude, your, your life is, yeah, pretty is hard and it's frustrating and whatnot and all those things and people don't get you and blah, blah, blah. But like, come on, dude, you write songs and you make, <laughs> and you like get by mostly doing that. So yeah, it's a blessing, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is. And it's, it's, um, it's, I think it's about to get, it's really weird right now. And there's a lot of, um, you know, the death of live music as we know it is fucking going to be weird. It's it's weird to, like, process and whatnot, but... Yeah. What, what, Hopefully what it comes you... back, you know, twofold, you know, when we uh, when things come back. I think people are going to be kind of hungry for live music and all that. So I'm hoping, like, touring is just going to be, you know, great. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, if if everything does actually clear up, it's like fully cleared up and people feel safe. I mean, totally. I, I imagine people are going to be jonesing for the next couple of years to just be out as much as possible, seeing shows and live music and going to bars and stuff like that. So who knows, man? I Yeah, I really hope so. And even if it doesn't happen this summer, at least we know this summer that like, last summer socially distant type things worked. Yeah. And now I'm like, like last summer I didn't even plan it. I got asked a couple, to play a couple of shows at this distillery that I'm friends with, which was dope to like be able to actually play shows. Yeah. But, yeah. but it was like four all year, you know, <laughs> like it's nothing like, like my normal tour schedule. And uh, but now that I know that like those were good and they felt comfortable and like people were safe about it, I'm like, Okay, at least I can kind of start planning for that to be kind of a possibility this summer. Yeah. And do you think do you think you'll travel and do some socially distant stuff? I don't know. I really the virus blowing up the way it has is is kind of made me be like, I don't know, maybe I should stay put, but Yeah. Yeah. My plan was to like I was going to go to Utah. I've got a place I can stay for free and just like be a ski bum all winter. Oh, that's And then fun. like cases everywhere else just blew the fuck up and I didn't really have the money to buy a ski pass so it was just like maybe I should just stay put because yeah. like you know it's just, it's just like um, I don't know and and so I would like to I don't know I want to get out of New York City but it's it's that weird thing of like you want to be a responsible citizen that's not putting your fellow citizens at risk but also I'm putting on a record and I want to play some backyard shows for my friends in Phoenix because it'll be nice weather in March in that yeah. night, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. So, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll see what it looks like. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, we'll see, I guess. Um, what? How? I was going to ask you because something about, you know, I love New York City and I, I want to stay here for as long as I can, but also being out in the country sounds pretty nice. And you know how, like, in a city – like before you know it, you can just like have spent all the money you left the house with and the whole day, the whole day is just gone. And you, yeah, you like 100%. didn't do a fucking thing, like returned a t-shirt that you had yeah. to return or whatever. You know what I mean? And you're like, you're right. what the fuck did I do today? Dude, there's a like, song in there somewhere. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely <laughs> a song in there. I mean, yeah, that's great. But like, what do you, how is your process for like writing and doing creative work and whatnot? changed since you moved that to the country i'd be interested to find that out yeah you know i well it's related um the the music slightly the the feel i think has has changed a little bit i mean 
again, I, I I never know what people hear, but on on letting go, I think there was a little bit of a there was a little bit of like a meanness or um, you know, there's a certain energy to it. There was a little I don't know. I call it a like a meanness or something. You know, some kind of high high energy. Raising hell a little bit, like you know, it's, yeah, it's like think, a little ZZ Top. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I love the first two ZZ Top albums, killer. Um, so you know, and I think that partially to do with, I mean, I was always on the go. I mean, we're playing all the time around Chicago, you know, touring a little bit. Um, you know, I was just out all the time. You know, it's kind of a fast-paced, especially just being in the city. It's a fast-paced environment. Um, okay. but like being out here is just such a change of pace. Um. So I kind of, you know, I even saw that, like, come through in some of my tunes, you know, writing a little bit more mellow, even just a laid back, even if it's just like a feel or a vibe, um, that changed for sure. But, uh, yeah, man, I've always been, I don't know, I wish I had, you know, I know there's some people who have, like, a specific writing process, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, I try, I've, I've been that guy because I love writing and I love, you know, just reading about anyone who how they write and I'm just so interested in that kind of stuff. But uh you know, I I've come away with some decent stuff that way, but you know, it's so so pretentious to say, but I think the best stuff is when it just kinda kinda hits and you don't know where it where it came from. Just like you kinda totally. grabbed it from somewhere else. So um so yeah, I mean I, I do a lot of writing in the morning. I get a lot of ideas um kinda early in the morning. I know a lot of people are are the opposite. They love the nighttime but uh for some reason, I get I get a lot of energy and a lot of ideas kind of early in the morning. Um, it's usually the first thing I do when I wake up is grab a guitar. Um, and, you know, I, I do a lot of, like, journaling, writing down just ideas, song titles and sayings and stuff like that. So sometimes if nothing's hitting me, I, I work off of that, and then something does hit. Um, but it's just been, like, even visually just the scenery out here has has helped i mean pretty not not secluded i mean there's houses around here too around the lake but um not a ton and then a lot of these people don't live up here in the winter so Mm -hmm. you know and then in the summer i was um working on this ranch out here this horse ranch and um i was getting to ride a lot which is something i love to do and i didn't get to do you know last couple years so just being around i mean even being around different type of people i mean being around like ranch people and, and you oh. know you know kind of different different people like that is just such a different environment I think has really really changed stuff up for me I don't know I mean I, I it just you know it's a different perspective so I think that's going to reflect in this next record that I make cool. too you know what I mean I, I definitely think it's going to be a slightly slightly different feel to it it's awesome that's that's really interesting and I um it, it it totally makes sense. It's part of why, like that, you know, sometimes the best stuff that hits you, you said you're like, it might be pretentious, but like, <laughs> right. it's true. Sometimes the best stuff you come up with just like hits you in the face and you're just yeah. like, oh, um, and you like, for me, it's usually, I don't know if it's my ADD or I smoke too much pot or whatnot, but like, <laughs> I'll think of a line and get like a, a verse out of it. And then I'll like wrestle with that song for anywhere from, um, you know, two weeks to like six years. Um, <laughs> Dude, that's cool. I I always envy that man. I wish I wish I could sit with stuff stuff like that because I think some uh, you know sometimes it is you're gonna get 
more you know juice from the squeeze that way i'm the if i i'm the similar well i'll get an idea um sometimes i will like write a verse in a course or something and then like sit on it for like a night but like within mm-hmm. another day it's usually uh, i'm done and i move on or whatever but it's either good or or i don't like it but uh man i always envy sitting like people who sit with songs for so long i wish i could i gotta just try it <laughs> you know what i mean i i, I envy that well, I mean, I think, and I there's definitely different trains of thought on it, or schools of thought. Whereas um, something I'm working on, like I, I go through phases of, and I think everybody does of being like prolific, where I'm just like writing a bunch of stuff, and then other phases yeah. where I'm not writing anything. And um, sometimes I feel like it doesn't flow because because it's stopped up because I'm holding on to too many ideas. Yeah. And it's like it's like dude, you're being selfish. You gotta like. I don't know. You gotta, you gotta just like fucking ride it out. It's kind of like a rodeo, you know, just like, <laughs> or sure. you gotta write, give yourself permission to write something shitty. <laughs> right. Um, That's like, actually so, some of the best advice I think you could get, especially like somebody who's just starting or something. That's God, I'm going to steal that. That's so good. It is true. Just give, yeah. Allow yourself to just write something, even if it sucks, you know? Oh dude, if you, I started this thing called the artist's way. Are you familiar with it? No, no. Tell I just started it. it like, it, it had nothing to do with New Year's, but it co- weirdly coincides with the New Year, because um, um, <laughs> I bought this book months ago and finally was like, oh, I'm going to do this. Uh, but it's it's something like a 12-week course of kind of like, a, you work through it and um, kind of just about like harnessing your creativity in, in kind of like a spiritual way, which like oh, I'm cool. not religious at all, but like that stuff sometimes kind of speaks to me because I grew up religious. Sure. Um, but the main thing she talks about is her name is Julia Cameron, who wrote it, um, is morning pages where you get up and first thing in the morning, you just write freehand like like tr- stream of consciousness, two or three page, two or three pages. Oh, and wow. just kind of like and, and then another thing is you take yourself on an artist date once a week, which is like it's just you and you go do something you think would be inspiring, go to a museum, go fishing, go. You know, oh whatever. wow! Okay. And, yeah. And uh, just the morning pages alone have been huge for me because I'm I'm I overthink everything partially. I think some amount of like smoking too much weed and having some form of <laughs> attention deficit disorder. Sure. Um, but it's like I um I get task anxiety. Like I'll give my and I'm really like ambitious, so I'll be like I'm gonna get these ten things done today. Yeah. And like by thing thing number three, I'm just like overwhelmed. I'm like I just don't know where to go next. Or like I gotta write like a I gotta write the caption for an Instagram post, and I'm thinking about it for two hours because I'm just like <laughs> overthinking it. Right, right. And I get it. Like the morning pages thing just kind of gives me the permission to just be like, dude, it's like I kind of like get all my bad ideas out in the morning. Or I don't know. It's 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 been helping me a lot. It's only been like two weeks, and I'm digging it. So. Man, that's cool. And you're doing it in the morning too? Yeah, I do that first thing in the morning and then I've been like kind of trying to get my yoga and working out done like first thing and then I can kind of like get after my day yeah. after that. Oh, that's really cool. I, I love it. I haven't heard of – so it's based on a book you said? Yeah, it's called The Artist's Way. I'll send you a link to it so you oh, can cool. check it out. I even bought like a – it was like 20 bucks or something. I, it came with like a workbook that you can write your morning pages in. Oh, cool. Yeah, I love that idea. Yeah, I've been 
trying to get back on journaling, which is similar. Um, oh, totally. You know, but, yeah. yeah, but I mean, you're, I guess that's a little more structured. In a, but yeah, I love that. I I think it's great to just kind of not have to worry. It's You're doing the same thing. You're still writing, you know what I mean? But it's like mm-hmm. just a different mindset to let something through that you wouldn't have thought of, you know, maybe if you were trying to write a song or whatever, right? So, yeah, I, I love that. Totally, yeah. There's There was also a, because you mentioned you like reading about like writing and things like that. And I haven't read this since college, but I, I studied like screenwriting in college. Oh, cool, and yeah. One one of the books that we read was called Bird by Bird. And it's okay. just like on writing. It's not even on screenwriting. I think it's like on writing novels. But there's a chapter um, called Shitty First Drafts. And it's pretty much just, like, about, like, being, like, the whole point of a first draft is just to get the fucking story out or get the idea down on the page, and then you put it through revisions, and then you work through it. And I think that's partially why it can take me six years to finish a song, because then I'm just like, oh, let's see how fine-toothed this comb can get. (laughs) Right, And the funny thing is, is, like, sometimes I'll listen to a song, like, years later, and, like be upset because I'm like, oh, I was looking at everything too closely, but I missed this stupid rhyme or something like that. <laughs> now there's just like this dumb thing there that I don't like. I don't know. It's sorry. I'm I'm ranting about my writing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love this. That's the kind of stuff I, I love. I'm, um, I actually love like cinema and, and stuff like that too. It's also like a big inspiration for me. Um, I made a couple like short films, like when I was in college and stuff. So I'm, oh, dope. Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge fan of of movies and and all that kind of stuff too. It's also another outlet. Like I've you know written that way too, which just kind of helps. But um, I mean, all that stuff's inspired songs for me too. I mean, I love love old cinema. I love old westerns and uh, like a lot of Terrence Malick stuff. Um, oh yeah. You know, just a ton of stuff like Badlands and Days of Heaven from him were like huge for me. So yeah, I love love all that stuff too. Totally. That's a, that's a, I haven't watched a Terrence Malick film in a while, but I'm like, oh, <laughs> that would be a, um, a thing to do. Like I, when I would be writing, like screenwriting in college, I would, uh, I would put on something like really beautiful, like really visually interesting, like yeah. Terrence Malick or even some Tarantino or, you know, whatever, where it's like, so that I could be, as I'm describing, because a lot of, like, when you're screenwriting, you're describing, like, in as little words as possible, like, the, the space and the feel of the room and the power structure or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, the vibe of what's going on and, and having, like, visual, pretty visuals on would, like, help me with that. It was... Yeah. I don't know. It's And there's something to be said about songwriting, being able to, like... You can just like talk about the details of the way like a woman's dress blows in the wind, and it's sure. like oh, you've got a, you've got a verse of a song right there. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, that's like John Prine does that. You know, describe he describes a lot of rooms and stuff, which is just mm-hmm. just beautiful stuff. But um, I'm just curious for films. So one of my favorite directors is Wong Kar Wai. Do you, are you familiar with him? He's a, a Hong Kong uh, director. Um, I don't. He no, he made like was... in the mood for love. Um. A bunch of good stuff. Chunking Express. I'll, I'll send them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I've seen Chunking Express. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, he's so he's one of my he's like my favorite filmmaker ever, and um, the the way he 
does a lot of stuff. Also, inspired me from a songwriter. You probably wouldn't think it, but uh, I mean, this sort of unrequited love, and uh, uh-huh. he's just he's just incredible. The way he gets into people's feelings and kind of everyday life too is just something that I I love. I mean, his the pace of of his stuff. He's so very visual as well. So yeah, he's he's great. He's he's mm-hmm. like one of my favorites. I'm going to write that down because I, I remember I saw Chunking Express in college. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. And it's, and I remember just be like everything you're describing of it being like, um, I love the pacing of this and the personality of it and how like intimate it is. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm like, he I'm does it all he, that he, this week. <laughs> yeah. It's so he, he, he has so many cool, I mean, there's funny stuff. It's, it's emotional. Mm-hmm. He's also cool. He has like that, Scorsese, Tarantino feel to some stuff. The dialogue's incredible. Um, I mean, even it's like he does a lot with time, the way he talks about time and death and stuff like that. He's just he's just incredible. I still take stuff from his like movies every time I watch. In the Mood for Love was the first movie I ever saw from him. I thought of it because you were talking about visual, and that movie's just like shot beautifully. The colors are great. It's like very red, and it's just beautiful film. Oh, that's that is awesome. The the sad thing about my like filmmaking career or like school and then trying to run a business afterwards kind of just really burned me out to where I just yeah I didn't I didn't watch a lot of movies for like a number of years because I was just like so burned out on it and just <laughs> sure. wanted nothing to do with it. And now I'm kind of trying to ease my way back into it and really starting to fall in love with cinema again. And I'm like, yeah. So this, this, I'm like writing these down because I'm like, oh, I gotta watch these. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love a fi- I love like a movie list, or I always ask people too. I'm like, oh yeah, give me like your send me a list of your ten favorite movies. Some of my favorite things to get or or even give to people. Um, yeah, and it's it's interesting to see it. Like, I, it's weird. I have like some uh, you know ton of favorite songwriters, and I just I don't hear a lot of people talk about influences. They don't really ever say movies, but like. I mean, some movies have done, like, influenced me a ton. I mean, you know, maybe it's not as obvious, but, uh, you know, no one ever talks about that. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting because that's one of the first things I say. I mean, I have my favorite songwriters who probably are the first top influence for me, but um, mm-hmm. movies is, is right behind all of them. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. And the fact that I haven't been watching many movies for the past several years. <laughs> um, yeah. It... It's, I'm just like, oh, man, that's a whole well of inspiration that I haven't been, like, potentially mining. Yeah, um, yeah, 100%, yeah. It's because you're seeing, you're getting a whole different experience, you know what I mean? Like, like I wa- I love Westerns, and, you know, that's mm-hmm. when you're living in the city, you get to watch a Western, it, it, it creates a whole different environment. I mean, that's kind of like when I came here, and then, you know, I've been, like, on these ranches, I've just been around people who are actually like that, and it just, like, changes totally. your perspective. You hear people talk a different way. People say different things. It's just like, it totally changes your mindset. It changes so much. And it's just like such a cool, like you said, it's like a, well, it's like, Oh wow. So much to, to absorb here. Um, You know, especially when you like it, like I I just love, I love that feel. I love being in that environment. Visually. I like it. So it's just so much to, to get inspired by. Totally. That's, that's me every time I go home and I and, um, <laughs> spend time around like my friends and my friends' families that are that are still up there and they you know they like do 
ropings and rodeo and things like oh, that. Cool, you know? yeah. and, and they're just like, I don't know, just the people I grew up around. And, and it's, um, I don't know. I, I love that. Um, I don't know, just that, that laid back. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even know how to put it. You know what this I mean? Lifestyle. That, yeah. 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 It's, it's something I miss every time I'm there. And, and I, and I, a part of me wishes that there wasn't this weird part of me um, that needs to be chasing whatever the fuck is here in New York city. <laughs> um, yeah. Because like when I was home this last summer, it was almost, it was a weird thing. Cause it was, I was like essentially living what could have been my like 20 year old self's worst nightmare. Like I was framing my parents' house all day and then, um, you know, just like stuck at home because of the virus. So I couldn't even, yeah. like, I couldn't even go out in the area that I'm from, which there's not a whole lot to do anyways. Oh, yeah. And so, but I was just going fishing before and after work every day um, <laughs> before like framing this house. And yeah. it was, dude, it was like so dope. I was just like, if this is the worst case scenario, like moving back home, like with my parents and not even being able to really leave except to go fishing. Yeah. This, is, this ain't so bad. <laughs> yeah. We, I was going to say too, I'm like, yeah, not too bad. You get to fish, work a little bit, fish again. It's not yep. a bad life. Oh my God. I haven't been fishing since. Well, no, I'm just, I haven't been fishing since it got cold going upstate. Yeah. Getting, getting knee deep in the water is not as much fun when the water is like ice. <laughs> sure. Do you ride horses at all? I I grew up doing it. My neighbors had them, and and I've I'm from, you know I've I've done it. I got my horsemanship merit badge in Boy Scouts when I was like oh, cool. fourteen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so cool. like, I, one time I was on a film set for a, a commercial shoot out of college, and um, pretty much like a bunch of acts. It was in Moab, outside of Moab. Oh, cool, man! And it was yeah. like a western thing, and my buddy Neil was directing it, and pretty much like a bunch of actors didn't show up and I ended up playing every male background actor that could, <laughs> that was on a horse. Cause oh, like a bunch funny. of people weren't comfortable. I was supposed to be like a grip on this movie set or this yeah. commercial set. And I just ended up like being the guy <laughs> riding the background horses. And oh, you know, that's was, great. And I don't even really, I'm not even that familiar with horses. So yeah. See, it always comes in handy. So it's a good, good trait to uh, know at least a little bit about it. Right. Yeah, are you, so you're you're a pretty big pretty big into horses. Are you did you grow you up know, around I, them? No, I I didn't grow up around them, and I, you know I'm I'm no good either. I I don't know much, but I do love it. It's just something I I love. I I love horses. I sung on my last record called Horses. I I uh, yeah, I've always just thought they're beautiful, and I love all the eh, you know any cowboy stuff. I just have always gravitated towards. I've always liked. Um, so you know, getting to kind of I kind of talked my way into this uh, ranch out here. There's a, like, famous kind of horseman out here who won a bunch of awards and stuff, um, Steve Lanfitt. He's, he's got his own show and everything. He's great, and he has a ranch out here. Cool. And kind of talked my way into that, and he's been, you know, just kind of, like, teaching me and, you know, took me under his wing, which has just been so cool to, like, get the real experience from, from somebody like that. And it's yeah. just been, I mean – so cool to be on there and he's got some he's got some cattle and like uh some really nice property so i mean just spending my days over there just i mean it doesn't get doesn't get any better than that it's interesting it's like 
the pandemic's going on, but for like ranchers and stuff, I mean, their life hasn't changed that much. You know what I mean? They're just kind of doing the same thing that they're, <laughs> they're always doing. So it yeah. was such a nice to get away. I mean, whenever I'm there on the ranch, it's like, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like, you know, I, I know that stuff's going, you know, going on, but, um, you just feel free again. It's just such a, it's such a cool, it was just such a nice release this summer to be, to be over there. And, you know, I still, still go over there. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll be over there more once it's warm again. That's really cool. I, I bet that was such a great way to just, you're almost just stepping outside of like, like forgetting that there's a global pandemic and all these things <laughs> yeah. are going on. Cause you're just, I mean, something about being present too. Like that's why I love playing shows. Like you're on stage and you're, you're just in that moment. It's you in that group of anywhere from five to 50 to 500, however many people, you know, and it's like, it's, you're just in that moment right there. And yeah, know, there's, there's those moments in, in life. Like, uh, like I played football in high school. I have a couple moments from games or whatever, where I could like, you can just like put yourself right back in that moment. Oh yeah, yeah. And most of those times are me on stage or things like that. I imagine like working with horses. I can, I can put myself on. Yeah, in those. Yeah, moments. yeah. I you're you're so right about especially being on stage. That's something I miss so much. And I mean, yeah, that is one of the reasons. It's almost like uh, I said this before. I was talking to somebody. It's like forced meditation. It's like you have no other option but to be completely present. It's also with mm-hmm. with horses too. It's one of the reasons why I love it. Because when you're riding, you're just totally present, and it's just like playing a show. I mean, you're, you know, you're just totally in the moment, in the now, and God, it's the best feeling. It's just so strange to think it's been so, you know, so long then uh, either of us have played out like that, like with a full band in front of a crowd. I mean, God, oh, yeah, I it's miss it, just miss it talking about it. It's funny. It's been a while. Yeah, I, I definitely miss it a whole lot. Um, I want, I want to ask you what your relationship with, with the road is like, do you have a, um, or do you have any like stories of moments that were like a learning experience about being on the road or playing shows um, or a moment where you like took this leap of faith, you're running out of money, you have no money for gas and somehow some like kind person helps <laughs> you out. It seems like almost a cliche. You take that leap of faith and the highway, highway rewards the risk taker. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, you know, I I haven't t- toured probably nearly as much as you. I mean, I've done a lot around the Midwest because um, mm. it was just kind of easier to do trips. I mean, I, I did as a drummer when I was living in California. We were touring, you know, uh, full time, like nonstop. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, but I think you you've probably done a lot more than me. I don't know. Let's see. I mean, I did last year. We had a show booked in in nashville um and it's weird i think like the booking guy was when i later found out was in the middle of maybe getting fired because he confirmed the show with me months before you know whatever and then you know i'm emailing him about you know information what you know giving him whatever you know all the all the stuff they need and like he wasn't getting back to me and i'm like is this show still on and i already had everything booked so i'm like you know, fuck, we're still going. Like we had the van, we're out anyway. So, you know, it totally. still wasn't getting back to me. And then like, we're in Nashville. The show is the next day. And I was like, I hadn't told my band yet. Cause I was like, I didn't want him to freak out. I'm like, no, don't worry. Everything's cool. 
I fucking emailed the guy so many times. He never got back to me. So we just showed up. So I, I think I called the bartender or something. I, I don't know. We just showed up. And there we go. He's the guy's sitting there. I'm like, what the hell? He's like, oh, that's not me. It's this other guy who was fired. Like, something happened with the emails. So no one got it. So, like, it was just a total leap of faith. And the guy was, like, super nice, apologized for everything. We ended up having a great show. Um, and it all turned out. But it was definitely a little little worrisome because I was thinking the band, you know, the band didn't know. And I just, it was just, you know, one of those times. But it all worked out, you know. That's how it goes. It all works out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> most of the time, right? Yeah, I mean, most of the time you're making up way more problems than there are, or at least in my head, it's like overthinking things leads to more problems than there needs to be. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. But that's, uh, dude, uh, that, those are the, man, those are the moments where, I don't know, it, it can it can get really ugly or really, it can go from being, get really dark, um, or it can be like this great moment of I have so much faith in humanity and like the universe is kind and, and rewards right. the risk taker. And, the um, best is you'll have both those in like two day in the, those both those feelings in the in like two day time period. You'll hate everything. Like two hours. And, yeah, <laughs> that's more accurate, right? It's like I'm I'm an addict to the the ups and downs of the road in a way. Cause it's like, I've yeah. never had a booking agent. I've never like done a, like a real tour. It's just been like, you know, this sort of DIY stuff. Like sometimes the dude tells you, you get 300 bucks for this thing and then you can't, and that's six weeks before the show or whatever. And then you can't get a hold of him, but you're like, well, I'm right. going to fucking Tucson. So, <laughs> right. You yeah. know, I, dude, I've had so many of those or the moments where, one time I took this band on tour with me and my buddy Kevin and his band was called electric cathedral. And we were in Jackson hole, Wyoming and had a, we had a show on like a Friday night or something and a show on like a Sunday, but nothing for Saturday or we had Thursday and Sunday and nothing for Friday, Saturday. And I was just like, they're like, what are you going to do? Like Friday morning after we played the show Thursday, I was like, we're just going to find ourselves a show at one of these bars in town. Uh, you know, and, and there's another town about 45 minutes away, and if we don't find a show in this town, we're gonna go find one in that town. <laughs> yeah, and right. No joke. First bar we walked into was like, actually, yeah, we need a live band for tonight. We'll pay you 250 bucks tonight and tomorrow. And we were just like, I just the guys looked at me like jaws dropped. Like, <laughs> are you a fucking wizard? And I'm just like, like played it off like I'm the coolest dude ever. When it was just like I had no idea that was. <laughs> right. Oh man, and, that's got to be a, such a good feeling, though, right? It's so cool. Yeah, that's the yeah. dude, that's the thing that's like got me being like the age of you know, should be like I don't know, should have some shit figured out and I'm still just like, "Oh man, this is just kind of what I want to keep doing." Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know, man. I'm I'm with you. I I right when this stuff hit, you know, I had pretty much this year pretty much booked out like on the road and everything. So this was really going to be like the big year of um, being on the road most of the year for like the first mm-hmm. time, you know, again, I, I toured back when I was playing drums, but mm-hmm. you know, my, my heart, this is like my thing, my song. So this is just, I so much different to me and so much, I oh, cherish yeah. it a lot more. Right. So this was going to be like the big times. So it was just such a, you know, it was even a harder hit because, you know, I was like fully ready. You know, I, I was going to buy a van cause I, 
been renting and borrowing vans and stuff like mm-hmm. for other stuff, but this I was just going to buy a van and do it. So, you know, it's it's strange, but you know, whatever. I'm hopeful for uh, 2022, I guess. Yeah, it'll be back eventually, and yeah, you know, you're right. I think. I mean, it'll be different, and um, I, are you using this time to like try and do anything different or, or approach things? Like I, I've been like focusing a lot more on Patreon and, and just trying to get like more Spotify streams and whatnot. Like, what are you doing to try and replace that giant void that is live music? Yeah, yeah. You know, I've I've struggled. I've actually that's probably been one of the toughest things for me is like I wasn't I didn't do any live streams. I post like little videos of me playing some songs or whatever, yeah. but uh, I haven't done any live streams. Um, and not for, I don't, I guess I don't know totally why, but I don't know. Even some of my favorite artists will do theirs. Like, especially when this first started, everyone was doing them. Um, and even like some of my favorite songwriters, I, I would even get a little bit bored. So I'm like, well, who the fuck? I don't know. I just didn't think anyone wanted to listen to me do it playing in my room. So I didn't do it. Um, so when I was kind of struggling, I mean, luckily I had like this record coming out. So I had some build up with singles and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, one thing I've for sure been focusing on is just trying to get more Spotify stuff. Um, you know, try to find playlists and all that kind of stuff, which has been cool. I got on some some kind of cool playlists. Some I have no idea how it happened, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of snowballed once I got on a couple. It it helped a little bit. So so yeah, that's been a huge focus. But I've really taken this time to just make this next like this record. I'm going back in February down in Nashville, Sound Emporium, um, to make this next record. So I've pretty much spent this whole time, like, just writing and getting this next record ready because I don't have my band to, like, work it out. So I've been mm-hmm. just kind of mapping it all out in my head. And, uh, you know, I don't always have that time to just, like, sit down and spend that much time. It's usually more on the go and then shows on, you know, the second half of the week or whatever. So it's it actually has been kind of nice for somebody like me who likes to just sit at home and and write and wallow in it you know what I mean so totally. uh, yeah I don't know I I think that's pretty much what I use my time with and then and the Spotify stuff because unfortunately that's you know seems to be increasingly important um, especially with the way things are going you know what I mean it's like that's yeah. what a lot of people look at and whatever all that bullshit yeah it's it's weird i mean like my most popular songs on spotify are these instrumental songs that like were part of a a very specific project that me and a, my friend matt c white did and they're like really yeah. cool songs and i love those songs and dude. they're so the vibe is so cool i love it like acoustic stuff like that i was when i was meaning to tell you on this call i love I love that stuff, like Rose Door or whatever. That's it's so good. Oh, thank you, dude. Thank you. Yeah, that's but like what's funny is you're like that song got put on a playlist that served us out. To, it's called like Sweater Weather Instrumentals, which is like dope. Got us a ton of plays and oh, cool. Like, obviously, the music or the money from it, like you know, as a musician, there's never extra money. So any you get, right. it's like okay, great, <laughs> right, right, and um. But it's like now my my entire algorithm seems to be skewed towards like instrumental folk, and it's like not what I make at all. And it's, I don't know, it's oh like, right, it's kind of funny that that's that that's even a thing, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> right. it's just kind of ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, that is. 
Well, it's also, I don't know. I, I, I like, I try my best not to complain about things. Like, I'll point out how absurd it is. And if, like, people hit me up, they're like, do you even get paid from Spotify? And so, like, I'll be really real with them. Of like, yeah, the people yeah. who decided these rates were, like, big wigs at major labels that kind of sold all of us indie artists under the bus. And now we're competing with Beyonce for streams. Like, like she gets paid yeah. the same amount as we do, or she gets paid more per stream. And it's like, I don't know. It's just like a, I don't know the right way to do it, but I don't know. I'll, 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 I'll rant about it if people ask me to, but for the most part, I'm just like <laughs> back to the whole thing of, man, I, I get to write songs and like people can hit play and listen to that song that like I made and I make a little bit of money off of it. Yeah. Pretty fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. I'm, I'm the same way. I also, I, you know, I try not to complain in the end, I guess we're both probably pretty lucky and uh, fortunate. So, you know, it is what it is, but I agree. At least, at least the stuff's out there. Um, that's one thing I would think I'm, I struggled like concerning myself with some of that stuff. I, I need to be a little bit better. Like I don't have any stuff on like Bandcamp or any of that. So like, that's something I, I've been realizing I probably should do. Cause I hear people like everyone else has their music there. I'm like, what, you know, I guess I'm, <laughs> I'm missing the, the, missing the bus here. So, I'm going to try to get some of that stuff together too. It's another, you know, thing I've been looking into during all this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bandcamp's great. And I, I sometimes forget to put my new music on there because Spotify yeah. and Apple music and all that stuff, is like the focus because it's the largest market share, but realistically, like most Bandcamp days, the people that dig my stuff, like will just buy a song or two. Cause they know that like that dollar or whatever is going directly to me. Yeah, right. And and it's what I tell people all the time when it comes to music. Like, if you want to have any sort of longevity, it's one, like, always be playing the long game. You know, like, yeah. you got to be making a career out of it. Because, like, you're, like, if you're not – if you're over the age of 25, like, you're not going to just, like, become fucking Taylor Swift or whatever. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? It's just – Right. Like, it's – I don't know. If you don't have – but, like, you can make a career playing music if, one, you're playing the long game, and, two, like, covering – all the different potential ways to make money. And I'm not like great at all of them, but it's right. like trying to just realize there's, there's a lot of little kind of income streams that it's like band camp day. If I make an extra 50 bucks, it's like, well, that's my grocery bill for the week or half my gro You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like oh yeah. These, these little things here and there that, that like add up to being able to like keep doing it and not having to be like, well, I guess I got to go fucking work at a marketing firm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, it is true. Yeah. So, I don't know. I can rant about that stuff all day long, but I, it's almost <laughs> part of part of the challenge to me. You know, I'd rather just be playing music and writing songs and and doing that. But yeah, you know, this is also another fun, frustrating puzzle sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, there's just so much to to think about, and everyone's like got a got a niche or like got a you know something. Oh, try this, and I don't know. I just get. I get so tired of it. I just want to write songs and play them for people. But, uh, you know, I, I understand there's a lot more to it than that. So, you know, yeah. I got to force myself to, to, to figure it out. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just part of the territory these days. Yeah. You know, however many years ago it was my space and then it was whatever. And, you know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, you're going to be trying to figure something out. It, 
I don't know. It's, yeah, that's the scary part. You think you once you figure something out, then it changes. You know, it's like like you said, yeah, with MySpace before, not you know, who knows what it'll be in five years even. You know. For sure. What's funny is my my old band on MySpace, like you know, by the time we broke up, had something like sixty five, seventy thousand fans, oh, damn. Or friends, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like we were, yeah. we, had, we were doing pretty pretty well, or on the verge of doing pretty well. And in the break between when that band broke up and like two years later or whatever, when I like finished college and was able to like put out my record, uh, my first record, like MySpace had just gone completely, like nobody used it anymore. So like all of <laughs> right. those fans, I couldn't like reach. <laughs> oh, and how it, frustrating. It was, dude, it was, it was very frustrating. Uh, many many uh. a times I look back on that and I'm just like, man, if I could have just put out that first record, like, <laughs> somehow just that much faster, you know, and it's like it wouldn't yep. have mattered. Like, it, it's just, not like it, I don't know, I don't think it would have mattered that much more, but it's, yeah. it's just funny that it's like, yeah, that it, it, they just fucking disappear with the platform, so, like, get their email addresses or something. Yeah, I was going to say, that's something my buddy was telling me, um, to, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, you should be getting people's like get people's emails like if they like your music and they want to give you their email like that's a direct way to and i'm like oh yeah i know i didn't fuck it <laughs> you know what i mean but yeah i've been totally missing the ball on that too so i gotta get all that stuff i'm gonna try to get it a little bit more together for the release of this next record um mm-hmm. you know just try to obviously do it as best as i can but uh yeah i'm with you man i get it it's it's all such a hustle you know never ends yeah i mean it's just part of the game i guess yeah yeah well, dude, uh, I don't want to take too much of your time. Um, I wanted to ask, do you have any rules of, like, the road or rules for your band or for shows or things that kind of just keep – or for your life that you kind of try and stick by that keep you out of trouble or just keep you productive? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I have a – I definitely – I have – no, for the band, no rules. I, everyone can do their own thing. The only thing I always tell them is no shorts on stage for some reason. Dude, I, was, I, I know you that get it? too. It's, yeah, yeah. There we go. Dude, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's something I was told a long time ago when I was touring and playing drums in this band, and uh, we knew this guy who ran this label or whatever. He always said that, and it's not even that's not even why. I just got, like, so used to it, and it's something I never do, so I always say it to my guys. But, uh, yeah, not too, you know, I don't know. I think in general – just not to take shit too seriously. That's something I'm big on. It's like, like you said, in the end, we're fucking writing songs in our rooms. Um, so yeah, you know, I don't, God, I wish I had something more profound, but, uh, no short time stage is kind of profound for people (laughs) when they hear it the first time. That is true. It is true. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. I still say it to this day. Anytime we, I had a close incident too. One time, my guitar player and I was like, dude, come on. And he's like, don't worry, don't worry, he has backup. <laughs> it worked out, but uh, yeah, no shorts. I'm so glad to hear somebody else has like heard that before, said that. That's awesome. I don't know where I heard that originally, but I, that the the distillery I played at a bunch this last um, summer called Prohibition Distillery. Okay. Um, I, it's, you know, it's like the middle of the summertime, just, uh, middle of the day, humid as fuck, you know, like, and I'm driving, like, uh, I'm wearing shorts all day, and the middle of the day, I'm playing a set from, like, 
two to five or whatever. <laughs> right. And so, so like I change into pants and, and, and like someone asked me about it. They're like, when, when you showed up, one of the people working there is like, when you showed up, you were wearing shorts. Why didn't you wear shorts on stage? I'm like, ah, oh, no shorts on stage. They're like, why? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Somebody said that to me once. It's like, <laughs> like an old hippie once told me if there's glue on the mushrooms, eat them for sure. Right, right. You know, and it's like, I don't, I don't remember. Sometimes those things just stick with you. And you just live by it. doesn't even yeah. matter if it's, like, true or not. It's like, you know what? No shorts on stage. Yeah. No oh, shorts on stage. Dude, yeah, I we, I'm going to, one of these days, speaking of Trace and I that, that I had brought up before, but we had, like, a running list of, like, rules for the road that I need to track down because there are some good ones there. Uh the first oh, yeah. one is like like rule number one: don't break the law when you're breaking the law. Like, <laughs> right? If you're like, you, that'd be good to like frame. You should frame all these rules and put them like in the, in the ceiling of the van or something. Oh, that's a good call. I'm gonna make a Urban Outfitters coffee table book one of these days. <laughs> Perfect. Probably yeah. be a hit. That'll be your breakout, dude, right there. Yeah, yeah. It's never gonna be a song I write. Just a bunch of dumb bullshit I write about being in a van with stars. Yeah, dude. that's always how <laughs> shit happens, isn't it? Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, it's like when when Rose Door. I was like, Rose Door is gonna be the most popular song I ever write, and it's like a thing I just like made up when I was stoned one day. <laughs> But then again, uh, most of the songs I write are things I make up when I'm stoned one day. That's how it goes, man. I get it. Your new tune is great, dude. I love it. I was gonna ask you. Oh, thank you, you very much. So do you? So do you play all the? Do you play drums on it and everything on it? No, so that I I can't play drums to save my life. Um, oh, okay. The, the new record, uh, I played, um, I played probably like ninety percent of the guitars on it, and then okay. like a little bit of the piano and synth and stuff like that, and the backing vocals and stuff. The rest of, I had a band that we tracked like kind of the skeleton of the stuff live. Like my buddy Jared uh, Shafker played uh, bass, and then Blake Suvin played drums, mm. and I and I played guitar and we kind of live tracked it all, and then yeah. and then we we overdubbed, you know, everything. Yeah. Else. Yeah. Where do you record out there? Uh, that record I made at Headroom Studios in Philadelphia with Joe Reinhardt. Oh, okay. Uh, he's the producer. He played, he produces like the band and he plays guitar in the band Hop Along. And uh, he's like, he played in Algernon Codwallader. Um, he's He's like been making really cool pop punk and like emo records for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I don't, and it's like it's kind of stuff I grew up listening to. And when I heard um, Hop Along's "Bark Your Head Off, Dog," their like newest record, mm-hmm. I just was like obsessed with it. I listened to it so much. And then I met them at a show they played in Salt Lake City, or I met Joe. And it just kind of like all kind of like at one day it was just like, dude, you should hit up Joe about producing this record because like all these songs you're writing, he's gonna do. Like yeah, you know what I mean? It just like kind of all came together. Yeah, yeah, and. And it, I don't know, I'm, I'm talking way too much, but. Um, <laughs> no, that's cool. I love hearing but, that kind of stuff. Dude, it, it's, he, it was really cool. And he helped, like, the record get to that place where, like, I don't know. I don't even know how to put it. You know, you just, mm-hmm. you, you have, I don't know. It's the first time I've put out a record that I sit there and obsessively, not even obsessively, but, like, a lot of my runs this summer while we were mixing the record, like I just listened to the record every day while I was on like running 
And it's yeah. like, I've never been able to listen to my records ever. <laughs> like, I don't like listening to my shit. And this yeah. record, I'm like, I'll put it on and just fucking blast it. I'm just like, this is the coolest thing I've ever made. And if it doesn't make me a penny, it doesn't matter. Because it's like, I already made the thing I wanted to make. So Yeah, yeah, the goal, yeah, you already, you know, completed what you set out to do. Good for you, man. That's great. That's such a good feeling. Yeah, I feel, I'm so so stoked about it and i'm and i'm in that weird place of like starting to write songs again and mm-hmm. being really nervous of like yeah but are these going to be anywhere near as good as that when i know that yeah. they, you know it, it's not even like that but you know you have that imposter syndrome that's like yeah the only reason that record's any good is because joe produced it <laughs> you know it's like not because you wrote the songs or anything yeah yeah i feel the same because i've had some some players i really look up to on especially at my last record and i feel the same way i'm like fuck i hope they like the song and not just you know all the the people on it but whatever i think it's probably healthy to a certain extent that we feel that way so you know totally as long as you're not like really like i used to be to a point of like abusive to myself like negative and that's like and yeah, it's right. not cute and it doesn't help anything you know like nobody yeah. like nobody likes the fact that you're that self-deprecating yeah yeah you totally know? Yeah. And you think that they do, but it's like, no, people aren't, it, I don't know. So it's it's like something I had to learn at some point. Yeah, I get that. You know, one other thing I wanted to ask you is, do you, you ever play at Skinny Dennis? Have you played there, Skinny Dennis's? I've never played Skinny Dennis, but I, um, I've been there a number of times. I've seen some great music there. I've um, danced to a cover of Folsom Prison. <laughs> blues like before i even ever moved here with the wo- the woman i moved to new york city for oh uh, okay bla- blacked out drunk and danced to that song <laughs> with with her at skinny dennis um so yeah some, oh, some good memories funny. of skinny dennis why do you ask? yeah you know i just wanted to, it's just one of the venues i've um i've heard is great out there um talked to some people i've just offered to play there before so i've just i figured that's i don't know it's the only venue i really know of that i think plays country music in new York. i'm sure there's others mm-hmm. it's the only one i know of so i figured if i ever came there that's probably where i would play and uh so i've always wondered about it. i've heard good things about it so just kind of curious it's it's like a very coveted gig and i like i unfortunately um like moved to New York city and fell in with like a crowd of people that couldn't be further from the type of music I make and play. Like, <laughs> right. And, you know, and like, they're all my really close friends and whatnot, but like the weird thing is all the time I've lived in Brooklyn, I've never really fell into the, either, like the folk or the, uh-huh. the country scene here. I've like all my friends play either metal or like make like weird bedroom lo-fi hip hop and stuff. Yeah. And so it's like I live in Brooklyn for the because I love New York City and I love the culture, but like it just makes it to where like I get booked better in other parts of the country and I don't really play in New York a ton except for like shows that I put together with friends. You know what I mean? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And I I need to I should. My goal this year was to kind of break out of that. Like, dude, stop like using New York City as a jumping off point and start using it as like a way to like get integrated into more of like the scene here. It's like, it's cool that you like your friends with like all these stoner metal kids because they're like my friends. I love stoner metal, but like you don't play stoner metal. So you need to go hang out with people who play the music you play. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. 
It's it's weird though. It, I I totally get it because I spent a lot. I mean, I played a bunch in Chicago, but uh, at the same time, it's you know it's strange sometimes just being from another town. People will like you more. You know what I mean? It is. <laughs> it's like it's a it's a weird thing. It's funny. Even playing in Chicago, almost all the time, I'd get like, "Oh, where are you guys from?" You know? It's like we're from here. We play. I fucking play here three times a week. You know? Yeah, dude. So, dude, that was me in Salt Lake City a lot of the time. Right, right. So, uh, you know, who knows? You might be onto the, you might be onto something with your way, anyways. But, uh, but yeah, well, this was fun, man. It was cool to, cool to finally catch up. I look forward to, uh, you know, doing a show. We can, I'm, you know, I could definitely, you know, think something cool in Chicago once things get going again. But we'll, uh, we'll have to connect for sure. Yeah, for sure. I've got tons of friends in Chicago. My I've got a sister there. I used to have two, but one of them moved to Colorado. So. Oh wow, cool! Um, I know I didn't realize you had family out there. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I've got. I've just come from a big family, so we're like. And I grew up in a town where our mom was like, "I'm raising you to leave this town, not to stay in this town." So we all like <laughs> got the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, my buddies are like out where I'm at now. Um, weirdly enough, I, I just found out this a couple weeks ago, but. Some buddies of mine from Chicago have a great band. Um, they, a couple of them, I don't know, they bought a venue or something, but they're setting up a like a new venue out here. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, like, what the scene is here. I I haven't played any music out here. so But I assume it's kind of minimal, so it's probably going to be pretty cool. I think they're going to try to be one of, like, the, you know, places to go to see live music because I don't know if there's a ton um, mm-hmm. obviously the timing's weird, but they're going to be doing some stuff for summer for sure. So, you know, if you do get out this way, um, this summer, I know you say you might stick around the city, but, uh, if you do get out this way, you know, might, might even be something out in this area too for you. So whatever, we can, we can chat about it too. Yeah, I would love that. I'll definitely be in touch with you about it. And if I, and if you're coming out this way or, you know, anything, just like, let me know. I, I don't. If I don't know play, like people in places you're trying to play, like I know people who do. You know what I okay, mean? Okay. Yeah. From, yeah. Um, so I don't always have the best luck at getting answers from booking emails, but you know I can okay, usually. I, I know how it goes, now. dude. <laughs> I know, um, man. It's such a hassle, but I get dude, it. Dude, so much, so many. That's the one thing that's been nice is like, well, at least I haven't had to try and book a show in like a year. <laughs> You don't have to hear no ten times Dude, a week. You know, booking tours. Yeah, that's what's crazy is sometimes I wonder like, how the fuck am I still playing music? And yeah. Then, and like, because it's just like such a, it can be really difficult. It's you know not complaining, but it's like a really difficult reality. And like, yeah. a, and I get why a lot of people like decide to go get a marketing job or or whatever, you know. And there's nothing yeah. at all wrong with that, but the times that I'm like the most wanting to just be like you know what, fuck it, I'm going to, like, become an EMT or something. It's, like, when I'm trying to book a tour. I hate booking tours more than anything. It's the worst thing ever. Yeah, it really – Yeah, again, you probably have way more experience with it, but just, yeah, I mean, booking in general. It's just Booking shows, yeah. So many fucking no's, too. But it's, like, toughens you up a little bit, too. It's like, God, okay, I can handle yeah. a lot. You know what I mean? For sure. Oh, 100%. That's funny. Um, yeah, it's it will do this is great and like when the new record's ready to come out we'll have you back on here so you can talk about that. Um, oh man, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. And could you just anything you'd like to plug, tell them where the, the listeners where they can find you on the internet, um how they can listen to your music and and all of that great stuff. Yeah, so uh 
Spotify, iTunes, all that, anywhere you stream music, David Quinn. Um, I got a website, davidquinnmusic.net. But, uh, yeah, any of the streaming sites. There's another David Quinn who uh, who makes some kind of electronic music. So I'm the guy who's not doing that. <laughs> Look for the mm-hmm. one with the cowboy hat on, on Spotify. That one's me. And uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. That's a if you know any streaming sites, I'm out there. Oh yeah. Well, David, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Uh, I want to tell everyone for listening. Thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, yeah, until next time, safe travel, dude. Yeah, man. Thanks again. I appreciate it, and I uh, look forward to chatting with you next time. Well, you take care, dude. All right. See you, bud. Yeah.